It's bold. It's real. It may even make you blush. But one thing is certain, it will definitely inspire you to push your limits and accelerate your business growth. You're listening to another episode of Confessions of a Barefoot Beauty Guru, and here's your host, Elle Wilson. And welcome back. It's great to be with you, and today I'm talking about something so important to the salon owner it's like the cherry on top of the cake they might say and it's, it's retail it's all about how we how do we how do we upscale our retail so that we can scale our cash flow and our profit uh, and i have someone very very special with me today who's been in the world of uh, i don't know if he'd even say the world of sales i think he would he would say the world of building extraordinary relationships with other human beings um, and he's come to be with us today and speak about his experience his his thoughts on this matter and i, and I think you're all going to going to absolutely love it welcome stavro thanks for being with us today hi thanks for having me here so <laughs> <laughs> We're having a bit of a giggle. We're actually in the studio and we have the door open and you can actually, can you hear the ocean in the background? I'm so sorry, but he's feeling a little hot and there's nothing I can do about it. I have to keep the door open. So let's continue on. Okay, Stavro. So you have been in the, what would you call it? Would you call it sales? I don't shy away from the word sales. I call it professional sales because I do think there is a distinction um, between doing the job well and, and not doing it well. So professional sales, I think, is a, a, an acceptable term. Oh, there you go. So we love that too. We're going to use that too from now on. Professional sales. And, and what's the opposite of that? Unprofessional sales. <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, just um, not, not using uh, uh, principles that... Pro- that pro- I'll help you out. Yeah, please do it. Professional sales doesn't focus on the sale. It focuses on the relationship because uh, you never want to go anywhere once. If there's money there, you want to go there time and time again. And that's all about building a relationship. So you're the preferential service provider for that particular client. Um, So that's the distinction between sales, which are focused on uh, the moment, and professional sales which are looking at developing the relationship for the future because it's much easier to um, entice an existing client to buy from you again rather than go find a new one. So what you're actually saying is that when you're building relationships what you're actually doing is building trust. Exactly. So trust then needs to be the absolute number one that's yes. the key, isn't it, in mm. building a relationship? And, and what does that look like in professional sales when you build trust? How do you, like say, some people are naturally just, um, they, can, they can sell very, very um, easily. Effortlessly. You know, effortlessly. There, mm. there isn't any sort of um, uh, resistance or kind of fear. What about those people that don't have that? You know, what, what would you say would be a really powerful way to build trust with the client well as with anything you need to break it down to its parts and a lot of you are probably already um, following these steps without it subconsciously without even thinking about it but um, when you're able to drill down and see exactly what you're doing it just brings further insights so in a, um, a selling situation um, and 
I repeat, selling is, is not a dirty word. Um, uh, in a selling situation, the first thing that you need to do is to establish rapport with your potential client, because at that point they're not a client as yet. So it's very important to find um, commonalities, um, and it can be just their view of eyebrows over the years or something. You need to find something where you have a, a shared opinion, for example, because it's the best way really to, to form um, a, a bond. So you've got to establish rapport before you start the actual selling process. This would be happening before you're making the appointment. You don't make the appointment and then establish rapport. And that could even be over the phone. So you need to be very technically skilled at um, having people warm to you and just how you answer the phone, which should be with a smile, regardless of how you're feeling, um, can, can lead to that feeling of warmth that someone feels at the other end of the line or at the other end, other end of the mobile phone, radio waves, whatever. I love it when you say that about the smile because you know if you if you actually are feeling energetically a little bit, um, your frequency is a bit low, or you've you know something's just happened to you. Things happen to us. You could have the a busy day. day. You could have a whole lot of things on your mind. Exactly. When I mean, you're about to pick up the phone, and think, oh, I can't believe I've got another phone call disrupting me or whatever. You know, the the point of actually having that smile they do say that if you put a smile on your face ultimately you will shift energetically what you're feeling on the inside so that's actually a really easy thing and and it could be just in your policies and procedures it's not an inauthentic thing it's actually consciously deliberately deciding that when you're going to communicate and uh, and reach out to another person or be reached by someone in you know it's vice versa i guess that you are going to be coming from that place within. It's a deliberate decision, isn't it? It's not an inauthenticity. It's not being inauthentic. It's actually just a deliberate decision, a policy, a procedure inside of Salon. This is how we do it here. Uh, it's very, very much an established practice now, but I do remember when I first came across it, I think some of the comedy shows picked up on it and sort of made little skits about it. Um, but it's actually a fact that um, if you're smiling, you convey that through your voice. It's like and, a resonance. And, and that's, yeah, and that's very um, important when you're looking to um, establish a firm footing as far as trust goes with someone over the phone because they're calling you because they have a need and they need to feel that they can trust you to fulfil that need. And the very way that you engage with them at the beginning can either make or break that. It's even in, uh, you'd have to say that that would even be in any message bank service that you have yes, basically anywhere, set up. Anywhere, you know, yeah. again, it, it's really sitting down and thoughtfully writing that message out. It's not just doing, you know, doing the task. Like, let's get a, let's get a message on our voice bank. Oh, you know, your call is important to us. We want you to call. It's, it's kind of like that's a bit drab and a bit... Well, some people just may be really good at that, may be able to do it. Like we're talking now, this is this, our conversation is totally unscripted. But you know we've been doing this for many years. Um, some people might prefer a script when they're when they're um, uh, conducting a dialogue with someone. Um, it really depends on what suits you best. But the important thing is that when you're actually doing it, when you're in the practice of leaving the message, that you do that with a smile. Yeah, it's so important, isn't it? You're saying that there are a couple of other things that you know people may be doing unconsciously. Um, so the, the the connecting with the smile was one of them and building that trust. Was was there anything else in your mind that you actually have used over the years when you've really, um, you I mean, really you've closed huge sales 
Like we're not talking about, you know, selling $400 worth of skincare or is there anything else? So the trust factor was really important and being authentically, you know, true to your client, like building that relationship. That's right, establishing that rapport. And you don't move on to actually providing a solution to a need, meaning you don't start the selling process until you are sure that the person opposite you, either at the other end of the phone, as I said, or in front of you, and you have clicked because you know you'll that? be chasing your tail if you haven't. They will be questioning um, everything that you tell them. But once they feel that you are a safe bet for them, that you are someone they can trust, the rest of it will just flow. How, how did you do that? Again, the commonality? By listening, by listening, by listening more so than talking. I'm a bit of a talker, so I found that hard to be honest with you. So no one's perfect. But um, it's really important to actively tune in so actively listen into what um, the sales prospect um, has to say because that's how you establish their needs they're only there um, for a solution to a problem a solution to a need and you're offering yourself as that solution so you really need to establish what their need is in order to effectively communicate what your solution to the need is you do that by listening that's beautiful. I really love that. And I, you know, there's there's one, when we're nervous, say, for example, if we're not really into, you know, sales isn't a natural thing for us. And uh, it's something, obviously, that can be learned to, to do professional sales can be taught to someone, right? That's what I'm hearing you say, that there is, you know, if we expect a salon owners that everyone that's a beauty therapist can sell, that's actually really doesn't make sense at all, you know. And one of the biggest things is getting our that's why we give them targets we say okay i'm going to give my team targets but really that that to me i I don't even like the idea of that yes sure people can have bonuses and whatever i think that's beautiful but when you can actually teach someone like literally teach your team how to do professional sales that's actually a skill that can be learnt. It, it can but i do think that most of the people that are in this industry actually take a caring approach so i think they'll be more motivated by the caring for their client and and that's palpable that will actually translate to help you establish um, that rapport Uh, people have different personalities and some people may take the approach that um, i take um, which i like to over-service my clients. I like to give them 110% of what they want. Other people are driven in the sales environment by targets. Um, They may be driven by totally different motivation. Um, uh, What you have to do is what sits comfortably with with, with you. There are people there who are just very clever at conveying timely, accurate, useful information to a sales prospect which helps them make the decision. I've never been like that, I must admit. I um, am am more successful at my sales role simply because uh, if someone isn't ready for something, I don't um, forget about them. If they ask me to come back to them in a month's time or a year's time, I will diarise it and I will be back. And that instills trust in itself. The fact that you told them that you will call them at a certain time and you do if ever you make a promise, you have to deliver on it because there's no matter uh, how well you establish rapport, you, if you don't deliver on your promises, you'll, you'll lose that trust very soon. So quickly. what I'm hearing you say then, that, cl- that strong client records are essential and that being prepared 
and looking at them and having them in a in some sort of a, a, um, a system where you can actually go back and go, I said I was going to call that person, and you actually do it. It could even be just to check up how did their product go that they purchased from you. They might have bought one and didn't want to buy the next one, say, and you're ringing and you're saying, you know, I'm just wanting to check in and just see, you know, how's it going. Exactly, except it doesn't have to be about the product. It doesn't have to be... Um, uh, for want of a better word, so mercenary, you might just take someone's birth date or you just might happen to, you know, include the, depending on how well you know them, it, it might be a wedding anniversary. And this is how loyalty programs um, are, are based. I know that there's one retailer that sends me a, a birthday um, greeting and a voucher. And even if I haven't been there for um, six months, I definitely make sure I use that that voucher. It, just that reaching out at that time when they don't know me from a bar of soap. When we're talking about a large national a retail chain, but it somehow puts um, puts them in a uh, puts me in a positive frame of mind towards them that motivates me. And I always I always go and spend even though I don't really need to. So what you're saying is that in a way is a nurturing of a bond that they're building. Yeah, mm. and, and it just doesn't have to be about the product itself. Right. You can get in touch with them for whatever reason. And I, I think you probably, you guys probably do this on, on your Facebook posts and that anyway. You know, you reach out in a warm way to all of the other people that are in your industry that, that, that are also um, Truebrow specialists. But there's no, any good business would have that same group of, would have a separate group of people that are their clients that they would communicate with. Mm -hmm. And to me, I always think of that as a community too. Like, you know, the yeah. beauty industry, that's their community. So they want to be really deeply involved in, in that. And uh, people love to get a lovely birthday wish. I mean, I know I do. I think it's really beautiful when someone says happy birthday. Or and you may even send them flowers. You'll be surprised. Any investment that you make like that, surprise flowers to a client, for example, you will get that back tenfold um, over the year. Um, it it Again, really yeah, it really pays to show that you care. People want to know that you care, and the extent to which um, you care, um, uh, you know, can be demonstrated in different ways depending on you know what your budget is. You don't have to be. It doesn't have to be expensive. You can be clever about it. You it doesn't can, have you to can, be extravagant. You can, you know, pick something from your garden and stick it in their letterbox if they, li in, in, you know, if they live nearby. It doesn't have to be expensive. Um, you know, orchids always do well. I remember when orchids were very, very expensive. Now, nowadays, they're not as expensive, but they still have that very um, high quality feel about them. Um, you know, I think Phalaenopsis orchids now are twenty five dollars for a for a spike. Um, I remember when they were hundred dollars and. I know a very good salesperson that used to send them off all the time to clients that had birthdays. So in, in, uh, let me just go back to the, the orchids and the flowers. I mean, I, if I, you know, I love it when I get flowers. I love flowers so much. Um, I think you'd really want to, as a salon owner, you'd really want to look at your VIP clients and then mm -hmm. make decisions on what you're going to be spending for each level of client. Mm -hmm. For a new client, it might be that you send a beautiful welcome pack if you think that that client, you know... They, Actually, you don't even have to think anything about the client. I, um, I personally, um, a welcome pack I don't have a problem so much with, but I, I would rather 
send them flowers than give them a discount on a service. Absolutely. So always maintain your price on your service. Yeah, wonderful. Okay, you don't ever want to diminish the value of that. Um, So the welcome pack to me uh, depends on how it's presented. I would, Mm -hmm. I personally would go with something other than what would you because it just once again seems um, less. Um, intentional, you know, it just seems like a caring gesture, right. and it doesn't have to be flowers. It could be other things. Oh, it could be it could be a jar of jam, you know. Um, a, a jam jar is always a really great gift to give someone. So what you're saying is that basically, and if it's homemade, all the better. Some people do do that. They make. Mm. I don't have no time for that my whole life. But anyway, let's not go into that. Um, so what you're saying is these lovely gestures are building the relationship with the client, That's and right. that, and especially now, Stavro. Like if you really think about it, social media has sort of connected us, but in a way, it's it's kind of so. It lacks something. Well, for me, it does. Warmth. Yeah, it, it lacks the realness or the warmth, in not always, but a lot of the time. So for someone to get something so unexpected and so outrageously unexpected from someone that's wanting to build a relationship with them is really quite a beautiful thing. I really love that. So building the relationship, let's go back to... So we're not just jumping off and okay, going so building into tangents. So yep. we've spoken about rapport and trust, right? Mm-hmm. And and what's that? Like really making that connection and clicking with them. So listening, right. active listening. That's right. To find out what their needs were, we said. Yes. Because you, what you're there to do is to fulfill a need. And once you do that, you provide a service that fulfills that need. And this is a distinction that, that, that I make because I... Um, uh, espouse the theory that all good selling is serving um, and one should never ever feel that that somehow diminishes them because as I was explaining to um, El earlier um, there's a distinction between serving and servile um, uh, one being where you're assisting someone the other one where you're being ordered to to assist right so serving is a good thing and that's what you're wanting to do with with your with your the delivery of your service. Mm, I like that. Actually, I always use the word contributing rather than serving. But now that you've said that, I might just drop that and just go straight into serving as and, fine. And I always I prefer. That. And I always prefer to tell um, uh, to, to um, refer to a purchasing decision as someone buying from me rather than that I sold them something, because I think that certainly in our society um, that selling connotation having sold someone something um, can be negative so I prefer to use um, the the terminology that someone purchased or, or um, bought something from me mm, I really love that and I think that once we, we because, sorry can I say because then, on, it, then it, because then um, it uh, more obviously appears to be their decision rather than something that was thrust upon them mm-hmm. by an overzealous um, salesperson mm-hmm. um, because there is such a thing as buyer's remorse and that's the thing that you want to avoid. Um, if a client, if you have an established um, rapport and uh, a good level of trust that goes into establishing a rapport, you run the risk of buyer's remorse um, setting in after the purchase um, and that doesn't um, uh, hold you in good stead to building that long-term relationship that will end up with your cash register, um, um, uh, you know, uh, chinging um, throughout the year. 
Mm, I love that. That's so beautiful. I really enjoyed this conversation, but I want to do a little um, overview and let's see if you've got anything else that you can um, just give, you know, offer to us today. So we've gone to um, the connection, making that clicking connection with them, which is a commonality, something that's that you're both the, you, you both can share something share. that you share an interest that How an would interest you, that it could be football it could be it could be football depending on it could be um, soccer it could be um, uh, some kind of pastime it could be your children children's school people love talking about their children's schools especially if they're paying exorbitant fees to send them there it could be anything but the point is that you also want to remember these things so at the end of at the end of the um, uh, delivery of the service you want to make a note on that so the next time that person comes in you can continue that conversation I bet you a thousand dollars you won't remember it next time they come in in a month or six weeks or whatever but you want to make that note so that you do well you don't actually want to have to hold that in your mind anyway because then it's overloaded right yeah, you want that, to have that, to that, actually right. know that you've got a system where you go I don't have to remember that I can let that go and then you're back to having a look and go oh yeah I remember that I'm back in and, and sometimes you'll get a client that'll pick up on that I've had that happen, and I'll admit, oh, no, I wrote that down because, you know, I, I really enjoyed talking about that with you, and I wanted to, you know, pick it up again next yeah, time I saw you. Um, uh, I would never deny, um, you know, I would never try and fabricate um, something because, once again, that you know, introduces another level of... Um, another level of... Um, well, not being authentic. Inauthenticity, in, 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 in yeah. which, you know, you just don't want to do so tell me something Sarah when someone picks up the phone they're a young team member even if someone that's just starting out in their business they're a little bit shy they're not really the you know a person that it comes naturally to even picking the phone up and talking to someone how would you because you did say that this starts right at the beginning even in, in the phone call now in the beauty industry the phone call can be very short someone rings and says oh look I want to make an appointment I haven't made one before you know, like, am I putting you on the spot with this? I'm not sure. And normally you're pretty quick to come to me. No, no. Um, I think I, I always like to treat people the way I like to be treated. I'm a very demanding client. Um, so I, the rule that I use when dealing with my clients is I like to offer them the level of service that I like. So um, when you answer the phone, for example, it's not just a, a matter of saying good morning and, um, you know, the name of the business. But... Uh, you would want to ask them, how can we help you today, for example? Um, that's really leading into establishing the trust and drawing out the need. You know, you can do it at the very beginning and right, the way that you say it over the phone can, can have an impact on that young person that you're referring to who hasn't picked up the phone, you know, right, before. So, so and can I just say that yes. because I thought of something and I Go should ahead. say it before I forget. Um, uh, what you have to understand that what you're um, providing, the solution that you're providing has a very personal effect on a client. It's not like selling a car where um, they're not walking around with that car plastered on their face all day. What, what you're providing for them, they have to live with 24 seven. Um, so the, the degree of trust there isn't about the money, it's about the result. Yeah, so true. Okay, so you know, someone has to trust their eyebrow specialists more than they have to trust skin, their real estate agent or potentially their lawyer or whatever because the mistakes that will be made there are just monetary possibly whereas um, walking around with a bad result on their face um, uh, or uh, one that leaves them feeling less comfortable than they wanted to is, is, a, is, a, is a big step for, for someone mm -hmm. even, if so even if their eyebrows are really bad at the moment you know sometimes um, 
it, you know, they may have had a disaster in the past and not willing to have, you know, uh, another one. So it's really important that you make them feel um, that you are confident in your abilities as, as well. Uh, you know, and of course our audience isn't just, they're not just people that do browse. Our audience, it's, it's quite widespread, skin specialists, people that oh, do right. every, yeah. you know, so whole audience. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's, it's so important what you're saying. And that, that actually but also... That's what, that, sorry, can I just interrupt? No, please, that comes back to what ahead. I said before. So once you get that brow client um, super satisfied and loving your work and trusting you, then selling of all those other services is just a natural flow on from that. Mm. But you need to be confident to put it out there that you can provide those services as well. You just can't sit back in a selling situation and ask the, um, wait till the customer asks you what you've got. You need to somehow in a conversation um, raise the fact that, you know, that you provide the other services and you might draw on an experience with a client or, or whatever to do so but you want to word it into the conversation the time that you have with the client is very valuable because you know if you think about how long someone has in that initial phone call to establish rapport and get someone to trust them once you've got them in the salon you've got them there for what length of time an hour sometimes an hour sometimes okay so you've actually minutes. got them there for an sometimes. hour where you can talk about things that will provide you with an income down down the line you won't that won't dominate the conversation but you will introduce concepts to them and if need be at some point you'll remind them about it um, but you've actually got them there uh, you know a prisoner <laughs> so to speak for a whole hour I mean any salesperson would love to have um, uh, that focused attention from from a client and you know the interesting thing is that a lot of the time in the beauty industry hair industry most of the conversation is on um, just everything or anything but what those people are actually in there for so you know I say this often you know a, a lot of the time we're not using salon owners uh, have expectations of their teams and even of them themselves but we're not using enough time for preparation we need to be prepared we need to consider that we're, we're we are solving problems for those women and men that are coming to us and we need to be prepared we need to look at their file we need to keep strong client records we need to be building these relationships and even if we do less people that spend more money with us we will find that we will be doing a much more enjoyable our, our, our work will be so much more enjoyable and so much more rewarding because we're actually achieving and connecting and and having that beautiful reach with other human beings that are really trusting us and in fact will send us referrals because they're a walking advertisement exactly stavro i can't tell you how much i've enjoyed this this has been fantastic i think our audience is going to want you back again let's see if we can convince him to do that ladies and uh and i think that they're going to have gotten so much out of this i have it's been fantastic thank you everyone have a fantastic week we'll be back with more shortly bye for now bye